Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about weeks 25 and 26. If you're new around here, my name is Becca Bristow, and I am currently pregnant with my fourth baby. And I have been sharing all of my pregnancies here on this podcast, the journey through each one and the birth story for each one. And I'm just really excited to be continuing sharing these journeys with you all. I am someone who loves everything about pregnancy and birth, and I just find it all so fascinating and intriguing and sometimes entertaining. So I love sharing this um, with you guys. And we are now kind of getting to the end of the second trimester, um, week 25 and 26. It's like the tail, getting to be the tail end, um, which is in a way is kind of, I don't want to say a bummer because I'm, I'm never sad to see (laughs) the weeks pass by in pregnancy. Um, but the second trimester is definitely, um, probably the easiest, as far as how uncomfortable I feel, having good energy, that kind of thing. Um, And then the third trimester is when things, you know, the difficulty kind of ramps up. But it's also like the final trimester. It's the the home stretch and it's where you get to prep for birth and just get ready for having a new baby in your house and all of that stuff, which I love. Um, So at the same time, I'm actually not too sad to see it go at all. I'm actually really excited for the third trimester. Um, But before we get there, I want to share with you guys about um, week 25 and 26. And I also, in today's episode, want to talk about surrendering, which is a huge theme in motherhood over, I mean, it's a huge theme in in life in general, but um, definitely applies to motherhood in a lot of ways. And we're going to talk all about that and how, um, you know, in my life I've had to, especially in these last few weeks, um just have done a lot of surrendering. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get there, I did want to share with you guys just some of the symptoms that I experienced um, in these weeks. So first and foremost, having lots of on and off Braxton Hicks contractions. Um, So Braxton Hicks are basically practice contractions. They don't feel like true labor contractions. Um, To me, it just feels like a rock hard belly. Um, and I really, I really dislike, <laughs> I dislike Braxton Hicks contractions because they're just, it's very uncomfortable because at least from what the way I experience them and the way I've always experienced them, they don't like come and go like a contraction. Like I just will be like, I feel like my belly muscles are just like locked up and tight for an extended period of time and then it just like stops and it's not that way like my belly's like squishy and comfortable um it's I don't really understand it but um they they tend to come for like days at a time or like a day at a time where I'm just really uncomfortable and my belly is just so hard and I always find myself like putting my um, arms up on like a counter or a uh, table and just kind of like leaning over so I can just let my belly like hang. Uh, that kind of gives me <clears throat> some relief from it. But the worst part is sleep because it's very uncomfortable to sleep with like a really rock hard stomach, um, a big, <laughs> a big stomach at that uh, when you're trying to sleep because it just kind of like 
you know, it's, it's just, it's uncomfortable. It's kind of like pulls. It gives me a lot of rib pain. I end up flipping back and forth a million times from my right side to my left side and back and forth. Um, so I don't love those, but they're not, you know, constant, you know, there's days where it's bad. And then there's like several days in a row where I have none. Excuse me. My voice is a little raspy because I feel like I might be getting like the littlest bit sick. I'm hoping to ward it off. Um, Anyway, so that's one major symptom I've been having. Um, Another symptom is uh, heartburn, like pretty much every night. And it's not bad, um, but it's definitely there and it's a little bit annoying. I have to say, you know, I have my fair share of like the aches and the pains and the challenges that come with pregnancy. Um, But I feel like I have kind of gotten away scot-free on the heartburn, uh, or at least when it comes to heartburn with all my pregnancies, because I know some women get it so bad where it is just so, so uncomfortable, like they can't sleep. It's just really, really tough. And I am grateful that it's never been like that for me. Um, But I have been getting it uh, at night, um, like after we eat dinner. And I think it's just because by the end of the day, there's just not, I'm getting to the point where there's just not a whole lot of room left. Um, and any food that I do eat at dinner time is just kind of sitting there and, you know, you can get a little bit of that like acid reflux. Um, something that does help. I don't always do this cause it's sometimes it's just like mild enough where I'm just like, that's like, doesn't really bother me that much. But if it is bothering me, um, there's this supplement, um, it's called alkaline and it's so helpful. And it's obviously like something that's totally natural. I'm not like popping Tums. Um, And it just like totally neutralizes everything. It's like a pH neutralizing supplement. Um, I can link that down below. But that is like my go-to. I I know a lot of moms swear by that. So that's why um, I tried that. I know there's other remedies too, especially natural ones. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is like papaya enzymes. I know I've heard a lot of moms talk about that too. I've never tried those. But I've also like, again, I've never really had really bad heartburn. So I've never been like driven to really experiment and find something that really works. So I just haven't really tried a lot of those. Um, but I know that alkaline works and I had it. So, um, that's kind of in all my pregnancies, that's what I've reached for. Um, so speaking of being like full, especially at nighttime, I've had a sharp decline in my appetite. So for me, appetite in pregnancy I feel like actually my very first pregnancy, for whatever reason, my appetite was like not good. Like I remember, I just remember that and just being kind of like bummed. Like I just like wasn't enjoying food. Like I love to eat. I love food. Um, And I just wasn't, I just wasn't as enjoyable. Like I just didn't have very much appetite. It may have been like that in my second pregnancy, but um, I feel like at least in the last two, from what I can remember, I have a, like a hearty appetite in like the first trimester and the second trimester, um, even though I'm like sick as a dog in those early, um, months really, um, I still have, I have no problem getting food down. Like I've never been someone who like throws up a ton. I also have taken Unisom, which really helps like kind of curb that. Um, but like I don't have trouble getting food down and I always have like strong cravings in the first trimester and I just like I want to eat like I'm hungry and I can eat a lot like I will have breakfast and then like a couple hours later I am like starving and I need something like substantial again and then I eat lunch and like you know so um just lots of appetite happening but then once the baby gets like to this point um it's just, it like completely comes to not a halt. Like I still, obviously 
I still feel hunger. I honor that hunger. I make sure I'm eating and fueling myself throughout the day. It's super important. Um, not only so that I feel good, but also because I'm, there's a huge demand on my body, um, not just to be doing all the things it needs to do, but also on top of that, building this new human. Um, but yeah, so definitely just a big decline um, I've noticed, and it came on pretty suddenly. So, uh, which honestly, like, that's kind of what I've, like I said, that's kind of what I'm used to. I feel like I always, like, um, and I honestly, and like, I really have not been tracking like my weight, I don't really pay much attention to my weight. Um, I literally don't even know where our scale is. Like it's been packed pretty much this whole pregnancy. Cause even before we moved, we renovated our master bathroom and that's where the scale was. Like I, I actually like don't know where it is. So I haven't, I haven't used it like basically this whole pregnancy. Now when I go to the OB, they do weigh me there. Um, so we're keeping tabs on it that way, I guess. But I'm very much like, if you guys know me, I am a huge, proponent of intuitive eating and listening to my body. And like, I very much trust the process when it comes to pregnancy. Like I honor my hunger and my fullness, um, even my cravings too. And, um, I think it's, that has been one of the greatest blessings to me, especially with pregnancy, because pregnancy can be a really weird time. Um, where again, all of a sudden you're like voraciously hungry and you're just like putting on weight and you're like, what is happening? But it's just, it's all part of the process. Um, and you know, it also has helped me to like not go overboard and like, you know, buy into that, like, well, you're only pregnant for a short while. You might as well just like eat whatever you want. Like I do not subscribe to that at all. Um, I still, you know, I'm, I still eat with the goal of health in mind, but I also am, I allow balance and flex and I enjoy, you know, things that I'm, especially like things I'm craving, like, like I enjoy it and then I move on. Um, and it's like not a big deal. And, um, so, so all that to be said, like in all of my pregnancies, like I've never really had to like f- fixate or really worry about weight gain. I always gain weight. Of course. That's like, that's what happens when you're pregnant. Um, but it usually always comes on like, I feel like it like comes on fast and furious. And I feel like even like this pregnancy, it was like even more extreme where in like the beginning it was just like, wow, here we go. Like here, like here it is. I have like no waste. Like I'm just like thick all over. Like it just, it came on quickly. Um, but again, it wasn't something that I panicked about. I wasn't necessarily doing anything differently. Like I was still, eating intuitively and I was still trying to be as healthy as I could. Um, the first trimester is tough when you like a lot of things you just like don't want to eat. Um, and I give myself a lot of grace, but then once I start feeling better, I really start cracking down on like nutrition and nourishing foods again. Um, and also we moved and it was just a lot, but again, grace, lots of grace. Um, but I feel like it like came on really quick. And then now I feel like it's like my body's almost like writing itself where it's like, okay, we've, we've like, packed on what we need to pack on to a sustain this life while it is inside and then b have like a good amount of you know fat excess fat stored um so that when i'm going to be nursing this child i have plenty of stores um and then i usually end up like holding on to that like fairly steadily like you know of course when you um i didn't mean to talk about weight in this episode but here we go um of course when you have the baby you 
lose a lot of weight off the bat because guess what? All of a sudden the baby is gone and the placenta is gone and the amniotic fluid is gone and your blood volume is now slowly going to go back down. It's going to decrease by 50%. So that's a lot of volume gone. Um, so like that always happens pretty rapidly, you know, in the beginning. But then after that, like I feel like I kind of hold on to that weight Um for the most part until the baby's like six, seven months when they like really start eating solids and like start consistently eating solids throughout the day. That's when I start to notice that, um, that like extra weight just kind of like slowly comes off. Like I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to actively lose weight and it's not like it just like melts off like magic. Like, I mean, it's, it takes a few more like months, you know, but it's not something that I, focus on. It's not something that I'm like actively trying to get rid of. Again, I very much trust the process. I trust my body to do what it needs to do. And I'm not going to try and like manipulate it or fight against it or any of that because that just introduces a whole heck of a lot more stress mentally and physiologically that I'm just, again, I'm just not, I just don't subscribe to that. So, um, so I don't even know like how I got there. Oh, I was talking about appetite. So anyway, appetite, sharp decline. I feel like now my body is kind of like, okay, um, there's not a whole lot of room, but also we have like put on like this, we've stored what we need to store for the most part. Um, anyway, one thing I did write is I'm loving protein shakes, um, which I'm usually not a big protein shake girl. Every once in a while I get like a hankering for one. Um, and we always have protein powder cause Matt loves protein shakes. But I literally like it's nothing fancy. It literally it's like I'm in a mason jar or we do have some of those like like bottles with the blender ball thing in it that those are great. Um, it's literally like my raw milk and a scoop of protein powder and I just shake it up and it tastes like chocolate milk. Um, that's like the extent of what I do. But it's like it helps to fill me up. It's like a really good um, snack, but it's also like not taking up a whole lot of volume in my stomach. So it doesn't make me uncomfortable because one thing that, um, happens is if I, if, if I do overeat and just like the littlest bit, and sometimes I do, um, but even if it's just like the littlest bit, like that's what brings on that like belly tightness. So I really try and like balance, like, okay, I need to like make sure I'm eating enough. I need to make, especially protein, especially when you get into that third trimester, your protein needs go up so much by so much. Got to like make sure I'm like fueling my body and like getting in the nutrients that I need um, and like feeling full and feeling energized, but also like trying to like not get like too stuffed when I like don't have that much room. So it's kind of, it's a bit tricky, but um, again, I just kind of listen to my body and, and use that to navigate. And recently protein shakes have been huge for me. It's a great way to fill me up um, and like get some good amount of protein in, um, without taking up a whole lot of room. Okay. Enough about appetite. My goodness. Okay. So, uh, I did want to update you guys on my <laughs> digestion situation after the great bean mistake of 2023, um, which I talked about in last week's episode. So by Thanksgiving day, which was literally, I think, I think it was literally two weeks later. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, at least one week. I, I think it was actually two. Um, I don't know. But uh, Thanksgiving Day was when I finally felt like normal again. Like my digestive system had like caught up, which was wonderful because I didn't want to go into Thanksgiving feeling like so like full and bloated and like I didn't have much room at all to eat. 
so I was really grateful for that because I love Thanksgiving so much. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's everything so far. And then, um, also I was feeling really, really, really wiped out, um, like kind of leading up to Thanksgiving because that week before, um, was just, it was just super busy. It was a very, very busy work week for me because, I was like working ahead because um, there's a lot of Black Friday sales, obviously. And Black Friday is always absolutely huge for um, my Young Living business. So I was just doing like w- like more than I – I was packing in more than I typically do in a day to make sure that I was like, you know, adequately sharing and, you know, about that sale. Um, but then also we were going to be out of town for Thanksgiving and I wanted to be – I wanted to enjoy Thanksgiving. Like we went down, it was my side of the family this year. We always go down the shore. So I knew when I went down there, like I did not want to work. I just wanted to be with family and have fun and relax and just enjoy. So I was working like double time, um, which as a pretty pregnant lady, (laughs) like really took it out of me. It really took it out of me. And then that's on top of like still kind of unpacking our house and organizing our house. And of course my three small children, like it was just a lot. And I just felt so, 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 so wiped out. And then of course we were away for Thanksgiving and like not normal sleeping arrangements and, um, traveling. And it was just, I was, I was wiped. So, um, like the couple days after we got back from like our Thanksgiving trip, I was just, I was just so wiped out. Um, Another thing I want to mention is mornings are the toughest part of my day because that is where I am just like the most lightheaded. I feel very weak. I get very short of breath. Um, I don't know why that is, but that happens to me with every pregnancy. Um, And it only seems to like get worse as I get like closer and closer to having this baby because I think they're just, you know, they're taking up more room. My lungs are more squished. I don't know. It's just, it's a thing. Um, and it's just like kind of this thing I have to like push through, but like that morning rush of like, you know, breakfast and then getting the kids dressed and hair brushed and all that teeth brush. It's just like, woo, I am struggling. <laughs> but once I get through that, the rest of the day feels okay. Um, and I don't really experience that at all. It's kind of strange. Um, and then another symptom or yeah, another symptom, which is totally new for me. This is the first time I've ever experienced this in pregnancy. And that is restless legs. I've heard about this. I know other women have experienced it in pregnancy, but this is totally new for me. And it's really uncomfortable. Oh my goodness. It doesn't happen all the time. Um, it's one of those things that like comes and goes. It's, it seems most of my pregnancy woes are that way. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's when I like go to maybe like I sit down, I actually have like a few minutes to sit down on the couch and like kind of put my feet up. Um, or when I lay down, finally lay down to go to bed at night, that's where, where, where it starts. It's of course, like right when you're like trying to relax. Um, and it's, it's usually just one leg. I'm like trying to think if it's always the same leg. I don't, I can't remember, but, um, it's just, it's just, you just want to like keep fidgeting and moving it. It's just like, it's so weird. Um, sometimes it's not that bad. Other times it's like really bothers me. Um, and if that's like, if it's really bothering me, um, I will use like spray, uh, ma- mag- topical magnesium spray. And then I pair it with cypress oil and I just like rub it all over my leg. And that really helps to like curb it 
and calm it down. Um, so I'm really grateful for that, but yeah, that's just like kind of annoying and that's been a new thing. Um, and then this isn't a symptom, but something I started in these weeks was really stepping up my game and maybe I should have started these sooner. I don't know, but start stepping up my game as far as supplement supplementing to try and rid any potential groupie strep that I have, um, like in my, you know, GI tract and all that. Um, so I tested positive in my last pregnancy. That was the first time I ever did did not see it coming. <laughs> and I talked at length about it in, in, you know, the, the last season. Um, but I just do not want to test positive again. Like I'm literally like, I'll try anything because I just don't want to deal with the antibiotics. Like I don't want the, to deal with the decision. I don't want to go on that. Like, I just don't want anything to do with it. I was so conflicted in my last pregnancy about it. Um, it brought, a lot of stress on me. And I think it's like, honestly, part of the reason that my labor like stalled out big time. Um, I think it's mainly cause I just, I just didn't want to be in the hospital. Like I just did not want to be there. And as much as I thought I was like, okay with it. Like once I was actually there, I was just like, I was not okay with it. And I ended up with like the most old school, pushy, horrific doctor. Who's like the furthest thing that I would have ever chosen for myself. Um, so it just kind of, it was a lot of compounding things that just took totally ripped me out of my labor zone and I just didn't feel safe and comfortable, I guess. And my labor completely stalled. But, um, I do think the antibiotics played a huge role in it because I, I just didn't, I didn't really want them. Like I, I did a lot of research and I was just, again, I was really conflicted about it. And I ended up just accepting them because I just decided to be on the safe side. But it's hard to know because there's, you know, there's obviously we know the research on, you know, if you take the antibiotics or you don't take the antibiotics, the risk of passing on the group strep to the baby. And then we know the risk of like the group strep actually making them sick. And if it does make them sick, they do get really sick. But the the chance of that is is very, very small. Um don't quote me on this. I'm trying to remember because it's been a long time since I looked at this, but I want to say it's like, there's like a 50% chance it will like actually transmit to them. And then there's like a 1% chance it'll make them sick. Again, don't quote me on that. Like do your own research. Um, but it's something along those lines. So again, it's a small chance. Um, but it's also like, but what if it does? And like, that would be terrible. And I could have prevented it. But then on the flip side, you know, we know that the passage of the baby through the vaginal canal is what like inoculates their own GI tract and starts building their own microbiome. And we know that it's really important, but this is still something that's kind of like emerging and we don't have like hard facts, at least not that I could find on exactly how, you know, going on an antibiotic, like just how bad that is. Um, you know, for the development of their guts, obviously it's not great. <laughs> um, but is it one of the, like, it, you know, because they're not new, they're not getting nearly as much bacteria. The antibiotic that I went on, I think it was penicillin doesn't wipe everything out, but it wipes like a whole, you know, category or so of bacteria out. Um, so they're not getting any of that. Um, but then, you know, some research, research suggests that like after like three to six months, it doesn't really matter. And then others, you know, are on the opposite side of like, nope, it's going to affect them for the rest of their life. Like, it's just, it's just a really, I had, anyway, I had a really, really hard time with it. 
Um, and again, I think it really contributed to my stress around that birth. And again, don't want to do that again. Like I will probably ball my eyes out if I am positive again. Um, truly like that's how, that's how much this like messed me up last time. So really hopeful that's not the case. So what I'm doing is I am taking a few different supplements. So I did some research and um, honestly, there's probably more that I could be doing, but this is kind of what, at least what I'm starting with. There is a really good post on the Wellness Mama website. If you've ever gone to her site, I really do enjoy her website. Um, I find it super helpful and she has a lot of information about, um, you know, pregnancy, um, uh, you know, like a natural pregnancy. But so she had a whole host of things that she did. I think she tested positive and then um, she was actually given the opportunity. And I asked this last time and our, my OB was like, um, no, <laughs> but she obviously went to a midwife. It's a, it's just a different world. But um she tested positive and then they allowed her to actually test again because it's transient. It comes and goes. So I could have, you know, I could have been positive at 36 weeks. It's possible that when I actually gave birth to Bo that I had like, it it was, there was no GBS present, but they don't test you again. They just treat you like as if it's always going to be there. Um, so that was like another thorn in my side and they didn't, they were like, we're not going to test you again. Like, it's just, it is what it is. You, you have GBS and that's, that's it. Um, so anyway, so she, she ended up retesting and it, it was negative, but she did a whole host of things. So these are just a couple supplements that I started taking. Again, there's even more probably that I could do and maybe I will, but this is what I'm starting with. So, um, first one is I'm taking like a high dose vitamin C. Um, the particular vitamin C I'm taking, um, it's called super C it's from young living and it's all food-based, which is super important to me, but it's a high dose. It could be a little harder to find um, a high-dose vitamin C that's not synthetic. And it's it's just two tablets a day, and it's about 1,300 milligrams. Um, from what I read, like 1,000 is kind of like what, you're, what you want to shoot for. So it's a little bit over that. Um, but so I'm taking that daily. And then I'm also taking garlic supplements. Um, some people said they would like chop up garlic and like drink it, but I would just have like, I would have garlic breath. Like I'm not, that sounds so terrible to me. Um, so I'm not doing that, but I am taking garlic supplements. I'm taking like an organic garlic supplement. I can link these down below. Um, and then I'm also taking a like targeted probiotic. Um, it's, and I will link that down below. I think it's called Fem, Femdophilus. Um, but so it has two strains in it and I should have pulled it up so I could tell the exact strains because I don't remember them off the top of my head. But there are two very specific strains that have been shown in research to like rid GBS um, from your system. And so I started supplementing with that. Right now I'm just taking one, but I do fully plan to like ramp up and take a lot more, maybe like up to four. I, I still need to like figure out exactly how many I'm going to take. I need to do a little bit more research on that. Um but that is uh, a probiotic that I've introduced. Now, the only thing with that probiotic is it's literally just those strains. It's nothing else. Um, now, I eat a lot of fermented food. Um, I mean, I enjoy fermented foods, but also because of GBS, like I am, I every single day I try and consume minimum like two different sources of fermented foods. I pretty much eat yogurt every day that I make like homemade yogurt in the Instant Pot. It's so easy. I eat yogurt every day. Um, I try and eat sauerkraut 
like <clears throat> daily if I, <clears throat> excuse me if I have it made um and then kombucha we always have kombucha um Matt is like addicted to kombucha so we always have it so I'll try and drink some of that every day just like a, you know a little bit and then um we eat mostly sourdough like most for the most part everything sourdough which isn't isn't the exact same because that's technically cooked um but I still count it um so I eat a lot of fermented foods. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because if I did not, personally, I would take an additional probiotic that had like a whole host of other strains just to support like general, um, you know, uh, like diversity and um, like strength, I guess, of your microbiome. Um, but since I am on top of eating a lot of fermented foods and daily, I don't. But I just wanted to mention that. Um, so that's what I'm doing for GBS. That's like kind of where I'm at with that and we'll see how it goes. I'll keep you guys posted if I add anything else into that routine, um, or make any changes and then I'll obviously let you know what the results end up being, which I should find out. I don't know, probably around like 37 weeks or something. Um, okay. So next I wanted to talk about, this is kind of a long one today. Very chatty. Um, I wanted to talk about surrendering because it is such a big common theme in motherhood. And in these weeks in particular, I've had like two big experiences <laughs> with having to surrender. Um, and it's all, it's good. It's good things. Like I'm on, I'm on the other side now of the surrender and it feels, it feels right. It feels good. I feel at peace. Um, but surrendering can be really hard. And especially, you know, if you're, if you're pregnant and you are like, you know, moving towards giving birth to your baby, surrender is a huge, or surrendering, I should say, is a huge part of birth because, or at least if you plan to, especially if you plan to give birth, you know, unmedicated, because it's very intense, it's a very intense process. But if you fight it, it's so much worse. But if you surrender and you just allow it to, basically allow it to happen to you and you just try and relax through it and you accept it, then it's so much easier. And I've had two very distinct labors where I have done each of those like to the extreme and I have noticed extreme differences. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, anyway, so the first thing that was a major, major, major surrender moment for me, um, was my oldest daughter Hayden actually started, preschool. So, um, I don't talk about this a whole lot, but if you follow pretty closely, then you might know that our plan was to, at least to start was to homeschool. Um, and it's something that I became like very passionate about and I was just like learning a lot about. And, um, there's a lot of things in like the typical school system that I just like don't love. Um, and I got really like kind of like convicted about homeschool. Um, but a couple of things. Number one, um, it was just not a good fit for my little Hayden <laughs> because she is the most outgoing social kid. Both Matt and I are more on like the introverted side. So I like literally don't know where she came from, but she is 
unbelievably outgoing like everywhere she goes she's like the kid that like she's going to make friends with everybody she'll go up and introduce herself like you want to be my friend if we go to the park she makes friends with everyone who's there like she just loves to be around other kids it is like the joy of her life she just wants to like she wants to be out and she is just like a social butterfly so she was honestly like kind of going crazy at home and my plan this year she was like pretty much just like home last year Um, except for she took dance classes and she loved it. It was once a week and it was like truly like the highlight of her week. And then I knew that that was like not enough for her. And she, like, I could tell that that was just, you know, moms know. So then this year I was like, okay, we're going to get involved in like way more stuff. So she like stayed, she stuck with the dance. We started going to like a homeschool co-op once a week. And, um, and then also she started going to a local school that, um, has it's kind of like a more like nature-based kind of type school it's like not your traditional school um and it's just preschool and kindergarten that they have but they have like these like um classes that you can enroll your kids in and they're open to anyone and it's like it's just fun it's like playing outside it's doing crafts it's reading books like it's just it's just like fun stuff for kids to do it's not necessarily like you know, academic as far, I mean, preschool is not super academic, but so I enrolled her in those. She would go three, like three afternoons a week for a couple hours. And I'm like, okay, this is going to like fill up her cup. This is going to be like the perfect balance. She's going to get out of the house. And it just, it just, it just didn't work. Like it just didn't work. And this whole fall, um, it was just kind of this struggle of like, this is not, this is not the right thing for her, but like, it was like the right thing for me, right? Like I wanted to homeschool. Like it was, it was what I wanted to do. Like I was convicted about it and just like Matt and I talked about it a bunch and I was like praying about it a lot and just, it was just kind of like, yeah, I think you just got to let it go. Like it's just not the right thing and that is okay. So we then decided, okay, we're going to like start her after the holidays. She's going to just like go to preschool, like five days a week, half day. She's going to go to preschool. We toured a preschool. Um, we really liked it. I was like, she's going to love it here. Like as I was walking around, I was like, she's going to love this. And that was the plan. And then, um, but then, uh, Matt was like talking to the, I guess, principal or whatever. And they were like, technically like if she because she's not like enrolled in another school. Um, they were like, if she wants to start earlier, like she can, like she could literally like start next week. And I was like, Oh, I'm not ready. Like we said after the holidays, but Matt was like, why not? Like, she's going to love it. Like they're, they can take her. Like, let's just, she can be involved in all the holiday stuff. It'll be great. And I was like, okay. And she went and she freaking loves it. Like she absolutely loves it she is beaming she's got this little like gaggle of girlfriends like she's just loving life and that was like for me I mean now that I'm kind of on the other side I see it's like there's so many benefits to it I'm not just like focused on all of like the potential negatives with this like convicted on homeschool mindset um so you know, if, if I'm at, totally at peace with it now and it feels really good and I'm just so happy for her, like truly, I, I really am. Um, but it was a big surrender moment for me. And, you know, I feel like there's going to be times in life. This was one of those times for me where you're 
convictions maybe don't actually necessarily match up to what your reality is and that's okay like life is messy it is not cut and dry it's not straightforward there's going to be so many times where you end up having to make decisions where it's maybe not exactly what you want or the variables are really tricky um but you know you just have to do the best that you can and i felt i've been feeling really called to like let her go to preschool <laughs> um and maybe like some of you listening are probably probably think i'm nuts um because like don't all kids like you just go to preschool it's like not that big of a deal but um i really became very entrenched in like the homeschool world and i see so many positives to homeschooling like it's not like i'm now like against it but like, absolutely not like i still think it's such an uh, incredible thing you know that you can do for your kids if it's the right fit for them and if it's the right fit for your family and that's like the other side of this. Like I truly just like, I don't have the time to put in. Like I, I just, I just don't. I'm not a stay at home mom. I work. Um, yes, I work from home. And I, I know that there are moms out there who work from home and they are like the breadwinners in their family and they homeschool their kids. And I am just like, you freaking go girl. I truly don't know how you do it. Like I physically, like I do not know how you do it. I don't know where you get the time to get it all done and have the energy to do it and like still be popping out babies. And like, I literally, I, I, I salute you, but I don't understand. <laughs> um, cause it's just on me. It's just on me. It's not the right fit. And that is okay. So that was one big moment of surrender. And then speaking of when your convictions don't necessarily match up to your reality, another big moment of surrender that I had in these weeks was accepting my hospital birth, just like fully accepting it for what it is. I cannot change it. Um, just a few weeks ago, I want to say it was like week 16, 17, around there. You guys heard me like rant and rave for I don't know how many minutes about how much I dislike the hospital, how much I do not want to birth in the hospital, like wah, wah, wah. It's just, I don't want it. And I'm not saying, I'm not like discounting my feelings, like, because this, this is a, has been a difficult thing for me. Um, but I just have to say, like, honestly, like kind of out of nowhere. And this is like where, this is where I, and I know not everyone is religious, but this is where I like know that God is real because I, <laughs> It's not like I've been like doing a lot of reflecting and journaling and working on this mindset and trying to break through mental blocks. Like I literally haven't thought about it hardly at all. Like I have, life has been crazy busy. I just don't have a lot of time to like sit around and ponder this situation. Like I just don't. And kind of out of nowhere, I just felt like nudged to just like let it go, let it go. And I totally have. And I've had this like major mental shift around the hospital birth. I feel way less upset about it and I just feel more at peace. Like, okay, it just is what it is, you know? And I'm still praying fervently that, you know, I can go into labor on my own and I don't end up don't end up needing an induction because I always go super late and I'm praying that I don't need interventions in the hospital. Like I'm still you know, like that's still I, fear is a strong word, but that's still something I'm really hoping I don't need. Um, you know, as something that's very common that comes along with the hospital. I'm still really hoping for this like very natural as uninterrupted possible, uh, as possible birth in the hospital. But, um, I just feel so much more at peace about it. Um, 
and also I've had this like, like shift, shift to gratitude, um, around like my being on Lovenox. So like Lovenox is the injections that I'm on. They're blood thinning injections. It's what I'm on because I had, I have a history of a blood clot, a DVT. And it is the only thing standing in my way between like a home birth, me and a home birth or me and a birth center birth. Um, otherwise, outside of the Lovenox, I am a completely healthy, normal pregnancy. There is no risk whatsoever. But because I'm on these blood thinners, if, you know, in the event that I go into labor with the blood thinners in my system, I have a higher chance of hemorrhage. And um, if you do hemorrhage, you need vitamin K and vitamin K can only be administered in a hospital. So that is like literally the only thing. So like keeping me like chained to the hospital birth, um, it's the only thing that increases my risk. And I, so because of that, I've always just felt like kind of annoyed about it. Like it's the stupid drug that I like have to take, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I've just had this like total shift again, kind of out of nowhere where I am like, you know what? I am so grateful for it because it has allowed me to go on to have more kids because after a DVT, if there was, if there was no blood thinning medications, like I'm assuming it would be like, you're not, you can't have any more kids. Cause if, if you do, you're at a high risk for another blood clot and a blood clot like can kill you. So, um, like maybe that would have been like the end of our story. Like that would have been it after HADS. And that makes me so sad to think about. And I'm also grateful like on that same, in that same vein, like for the hospital, because it allows, it gives me like a quote unquote safe place for me to give birth where, you know, when we throw the Lovenox into the equation, it is technically the safest place for me to be because if I were to hemorrhage, they have the remedy there. Like they have the antidote to that. Um, and I can't get that with a midwife out of the hospital. So I've just had this major shift in like just surrendering to this circumstance and being at peace with it and actually like arriving at the place of gratitude. Like this is allowing me to continue to build my family. Is it exactly how I went to birth? Is it what I would have chosen for myself? No, but it is allowing me to like reach this much greater goal and this much more important thing, um, which is having, you know, having more kids and being blessed with these children. So, um, so that has just been like a (laughs) massive revelation. And I mean, literally just a few weeks ago, if you heard that episode, that is so not where my mindset was like, not even a little bit. So that's just been a massive, massive blessing. Um, and also like, this is something that has really helped me to like, you know, life is a journey. This has been like a major, um, like it's been like a maturity thing for me because, I totally recognize that like looking at this for what it is, like I totally recognize that I would so easily become one of those people who, not that I'm ever judged, like I don't judge people for their birth choices. Like I will, my like number one thing if when people are like, you know, if they're trying to decide where they should birth, like I say, my opinion is go where you're most comfortable because if you're not comfortable and you don't feel like at ease and you don't feel safe, it's going to 
impede your birth. And like that played out 100% in my last birth. So if you feel most comfortable in a hospital where there's like a NICU down the hall and there's doctors and you could like get a cesarean if like things go sideways, then like go to the hospital. Like that's where, that's where you want to be. If the hospital and the interventions, like if you don't want the interventions and you don't want to be pressured into them, like then you probably want to go somewhere else. Like you'd probably be more comfortable in a place that like specializes in birth without interventions. So I don't judge like people for the birth choices like at all. Um, but I do see how I could easily become one of those like kind of I don't know, like legalistic, like home birth and out of hospital birth is like the best way. And it's like the greatest outcomes. And, you know, know, I can just see how I could become very close minded. But this, you know, this opportunity, like this opportunity, I guess, or this circumstance, it's just like one of those lessons of like, life is messy. It is more complex than like what's on the surface. It's never cut and dry. Um, And it's so rare that I, like, I have yet to come across a woman who's, like, in my exact situation of, like, I feel so convicted on out-of-hospital birth, and I believe in it 100%, but I actually, like, it's not an option for me, unless I want a free birth, which I don't. Um, So, so I, it's just, it's just, like, a, it's a maturity. It's, like, a, a development in maturity. Like, you know what? It's not all, it's not all, it's not all simple. It's not all cut and dry. Life is messy it's okay. It's not always going to work out the way that you want. And that's okay. Um, and try not to get so like pigeonholed in like a certain, um, way of looking at things. Um, don't get so convicted that you can't see the other side. Um, anyway, so major, major, um, revelation and where this actually started to come about was I was actually listening to, um, uh, a podcast where um, the two hosts were sharing their birth stories. And it's actually not a birth podcast. Um, it's like a nourishing foods podcast. Um, it's I think it's called Nourishing Kitchen, nourishing, the Nourishing Kitchen. Um, and I, I love that podcast. I love like they are always talking about what they're cooking and nourishing food. And I'm like all all for it. And when they then they shared their birth stories, I was like, oh, I want to listen to that. And I, I have to tell you, I have been very, very, very careful. It's almost like I've gone in like the opposite direction. Cause if you're trying to have like an unmedicated birth, like you want to hear only positive birth stories. Like you only want to hear, you want to like flood your brain with the stories of like positive outcomes and like they were able to manage their pain and like blah, blah, blah. Like you want to hear all that like good stuff. Like you don't want to hear the horror stories. Um, but I'm kind of in like a, like a alternate (laughs) universe where I actually don't want to listen to the home birth and the birth center stories, not because they're not amazing, um, but because they're going to be sharing like their convictions about why like they didn't want to be in the hospital and why they chose this. And I agree with all of those things, but again, they're not accessible to me. And that used to make me like kind of angry. Um, not at them, obviously just angry at my own circumstance. So it was just like not a good mental space for me to go. So, um, because of that, I just had to like full stop. Like I had to stop listening to those stories. I had to stop tuning into those, you know, um, influencers or whoever who are sharing these stories because it would just, it just wasn't good for my mental, like my mindset. Um, but I love this podcast. I, I've like come to adore these women. So I was like, Oh, I want to hear about their birth stories. And I was like, I'm sure they're going to be 
home births or like, you know, whatever. And they were. And I mean, let me tell you, the convictions were strong and they were flying around and that you could tell, I mean, not tell, like they were like very blatant in their um, rejection of, you know, modern obstetric care and the hospital setting and all of that. And I have to tell you, I agreed with them on every last point. I was like, yep, yep, yep. Everything they were saying, I was like, yes, girl. Yep. 100% agree with you. Like I stand with you in that. But it was the first time that it didn't, like I agreed with them and then it just stopped there. Like it wasn't like, well, now I'm frustrated because I want to do that and I can't. Like there was no negative feelings. It was just it was just what it was. And so that was like a, that was like the moment where I realized like, wow, okay, I really am in like a different mental place. So major surrender, big revelation for me, something I'm very excited about. Still, like I said, praying, praying, praying for the closest I can get to like an uninterrupted natural birth in the hospital this time around, praying for a, a redemptive birth compared to the last one that I had but we'll see, you know, um, I'm also just trying to surrender literally to whatever the outcome is and just be at peace and just, you know, just know that I'm going to meet my baby on the other side of it, no matter what goes down. Um, and that is exciting. So, woo, my goodness, I really talked for a long time today. Uh, I guess I just had a lot to share, but I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about weeks 25 and 26 everything I'm experiencing on the physical side, also the mental side, big, big giant breakthrough for your girl over here. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. And if you're still listening, thank you for sticking with me through this chatty episode. Um, and I appreciate you all. I really appreciate you guys being here and tuning in. Um, and if you are out there and you're listening to this because you're also pregnant, I'm sending you all the good vibes. Um, I'm praying for you. I hope that your birth is wonderful. I hope that your pregnancy is not too difficult. (laughs) Um, But that is all I have for this episode. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And I will talk to you very soon.